This is Monty in the Morning, the show Phoenix Magazine readers voted number one talk radio show in Arizona. Number one during your morning commute. Number one whenever news breaks during your day. And number one whenever and wherever you want to talk sports. Now it's time for Monty in the Morning. Hey, yo, little surferettes and surfer bros. Bro, I don't know. How the heck are you? It is Tuesday, February 15th. Commission yeah. Day. Yeah. Today's Commission Day. Love you, yo. Yeah. Well, welcome to the Monty Show. Wait, wait, without further ado, wait, wait, just turn the music off. Whip it out. The new shirt has arrived, friends. There it is. You're a casual. Let's go. Let's go. You're a casual. Let's go. How about that? Love that shirt. Awesome, awesome artist that we work with. Created that design exclusively for the Monty Show. Good job. Actually bringing the t-shirt to the set today. Yeah, man. It was really a lot of work to go out to my car and, and, and get this. And I couldn't have done it. You went out to your car and pulled it out, huh? Yep, God is first and couldn't thank my family enough. And, you know, I just, uh, my mic's falling over and, you know, everything's great. Our pets' heads are falling off. Yeah, everything's Uh, great. Speaking of heads falling off, Rudy Gobert got ejected again last night. We'll talk about that coming up. Uh, Jake did not celebrate Valentine's Day. Didn't send flowers, didn't send a card, nothing. Not... How much did you spend on your Valentine's Day gift for your newly minted girlfriend? Not a a single penny. Not a penny. Okay. We discussed it as a couple. It was a joint decision. Yeah, I'm broke. Can we not spend any money on Valentine's Day? you know. All right, I'll stop. Uh, All that and more coming up right here on the fine program. Should you decide that you want to subscribe to this channel, Uh, You will have an opportunity to uh, win a PlayStation 5 that we are giving away. All you have to do is subscribe and then follow us on TikTok, The Monty Show underscore, The Monty Show underscore. Uh, Put up a new vid on uh, TikTok yesterday. I actually, I did my first duet yesterday with a woman slamming her face off of a countertop. Uh, It was quite shocking. (laughs) TikTok's amazing. TikTok is rapidly becoming my favorite social media, even though the the country of communism owns it. Um, it is a f- it's a fun little app. It's true. I think China. I think it's, it's a, they do you, China. You know, China. Uh, anyway, no, no, I'm not doing it. Um, so yeah, subscribe to the channel. Follow us on TikTok. You could win yourself a PS5. Um, if you'd like to buy one of our brand new Eura Casual shirts, they are $25. They range in size small to 2X. Um, they're 25 bucks. Just DM the show on Twitter, Instagram, wherever you DM. We'll uh, hit you up with the uh, Venmo. And uh, yeah, there it is. Eura Casual. You asked for it. We you asked it. for it, we delivered, um, and that's it. Yeah, so uh, send us a DM, twenty-five bucks. Uh, you're we'll casual. Hook, yeah, we'll hook you up with the uh, you're a casual shirt. Yeah, and uh, yeah, you can officially rock the swag. Uh, let's start talking Utah Jazz this morning because Rudy Gobert is back, and he looked fine. Uh, the calf doesn't seem to be an issue, but the mouth does. Um, 
I, as though he listened to the show yesterday. Yeah, you know? I don't even know how you explain it. We talked about on the show yesterday that Rudy Gobert's relationship with the officials in the NBA is a point of consternation between Rudy and his teammates. Yep. That it is becoming an issue that he and the officials in the NBA do not have a, a working relationship. And there is no finer example than that of Rudy Gobert getting ejected last night in his return to the Jazz lineup. Uh, it was in the fourth quarter. It was over an argued call. Um, at one point, he cursed at an official. Um, I, I just don't know what you, what, what you do about this. I don't know what you say about this, Jake, because it is very clear that this is now an issue for the Jazz, and they're going to have to deal with it. Yeah, and, you know, I think we've heard, you know, this goes all the way back to, you know, early in the season. I mean, we've been we've been talking about Rudy and his issues and, you know, what, like his relationship with the officials for a long time now. And and, I, and I, the thing about this whole situation is it's fixable. It, this isn't like, you know, you think about it, it's like this is one of those topics where it's like, you know, it's not like you're asking him to shoot a basketball better and, and he's got to practice and shoot thousands of shots and it's a process and a whole thing. It's not like that with the officials. All this is is not running your mouth and cursing at people. You know, it, it doesn't seem like it's that much of an ask. I understand there's some frustrations around officiating. I understand that, you know, and, and I feel like most people do, that officials aren't perfect. They're going to make calls they shouldn't. They're going to miss calls that they should, you know, but that's the league you play in, you know, and, and that's the thing I don't understand about Rudy and his whole mindset around officiating. I mean, again, you can only say so much to an official Seriously. before an official is going to say, get the hell out of here. And and that, like, this isn't Rudy's, you know, first time being ejected, obviously. And so I just, I don't know, man. Like, you know, obviously we told you guys probably, you know, six, eight weeks ago now when that started where, like, you know, you had the Donovan and Rudy rumors kind of starting to swirl and, and, you know, we told you that Rudy's teammates get frustrated when he does that with the officials and it changes the dynamic of a game and, and the other team knows he gets frustrated. So I don't know, man. I think there's a lot of complications to this. And, and I don't mean to blow it out of proportion, but it's not just simply that he got ejected and he wasn't in the game anymore. I, I think from a right. relational standpoint, you know, this does have a big impact. I, I Like, you know, for anybody who's played sports, like, you know, like when a teammate has a moment with officials and gets ejected and kind of makes a scene, if you will. I mean, that changes how the game feels. That changes what the, what the team is going through. Now, last night, you know, you're playing the Rockets. You're kicking the crap out of them. Like, it's fine. You know, like you didn't. It's not like his ejection lost you the game. But at some point, like, again, what if this was a, a postseason series, a postseason game? Right. And this had happened. I mean, this would be all the rage in the media and, and in the NBA, and it would be a much bigger deal. So, you know, amongst the things that we talk about with this team all the time, I think the, the, the relationship Rudy has with the officials is definitely something that is ongoing, and it has to improve before the postseason gets here. And I, I don't know how you fix it. That's my, that's my bigger issue is when we talk about how do you address this, very obviously, I think all of us can agree, Rudy Gobert cannot get ejected really ever for this team because they suffer defensively because of it. Sure, you were in a you were in a laugher against a very bad Houston Rockets team. But that's not really the issue. The issue is that this is every single night. Rudy Gobert is is arguing with officials, getting into it, 
And, you know, I already see people saying that those calls were bad. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It does not matter. Rudy Gobert got ejected after he had a conversation, a calm conversation with an official during the timeout. The issue is that Rudy does not have a relationship with the officials. He, what he has is a reputation yeah. for being abusive to officials that he yells and screams, compares or complains about calls, curses at officials. That's just not going to fly in this league. And it, it, the for everything NBA officials are not, they are a very tight group. And whether you like it or not, whether you agree with the call or not, Rudy Gobert has to be be better with officials. Yeah. He has to do better than this because at this point, I don't know that you can argue anything other than it's hurting the Jazz. Yeah, well, I mean, it, it hurts the Jazz from an, uh, a number of different perspectives. And, and I want to touch on the whole idea of people last night on Twitter and in the comments saying that, oh, well, it was a bad call. It was a, uh, the, the terminology that everyone's using is it was a ticky-tack ejection. And my point is, would you be saying that if Donovan got ejected in that light? Would you be saying that if somebody else got ejected in that light? I don't think so. I think you would have been saying, wow, Donovan got ejected. What happened here? You know, but because it's Rudy and because we see this all the time, I think people are more subjected to it and people are more used to it. And so when they see, you know, hey, Rudy pushes this guy over, gets a technical for that. Then, you know, he's having the conversation and somewhere in that conversation, he misstepped and then got ejected for that. And it's like, dude, how hard is this? Like what I wish he would understand and we see other guys do this. Hell, I've seen LeBron do it. I've seen KD, Steph. I've seen yeah. all these guys do it. Guys understand how to how to send a message to the official, the official, pick up the technical, and then move on, right? So, like, there was a moment earlier this season where Steph was really frustrated with a call he didn't get. He literally ran up to the official, screamed at the official, got teed up, and walked away. He knew what he was doing. That wasn't by accident. Whereas with Rudy, I think my struggle just is, is like, okay, we know that you're, that you don't agree on most nights with what the officials are doing and the calls that they make. But being that, you know, that I expect you to handle it a little bit better because you're consistently in that situation. So, so getting ejected against the Rockets, is that going to ruin your season or anything? No, it's not. But you know, if you're playing the Mavericks, let's say in the first round of the playoffs or whatever, and you don't like a call you get, and you get ejected in that game. That's a different situation. But so- it's it's happening in every game. It's happening. Ejections are becoming more and more frequent for Rudy. And my point is, I don't care if you agree with the call or not because it doesn't matter. the 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 call, non call. He's getting technical fouls when they're calling a foul in his favor. Yeah, he's getting a technical like. Because he freaks out if the whistle's not immediate, he turns and yells at the official. Like, I, I just don't know what the upside is because this was a laugher. Yeah. So the game last night doesn't matter. I don't care that it was the Rockets. My concern here is, is the same thing I've said for weeks now. A, this is one of the boiling points in the Jazz locker room. Yeah. Right? Now, last night, it's probably not a problem because what's well, likely not a problem because it was the Rockets and they torched the Rockets. Nobody's going to say two words <coughs> to Rudy about that. Yeah. But my question is, should somebody say something to Rudy about getting ejected last night, whether it was the Rockets or the Memphis Grizzlies or 
the best team in the NBA. Like you, you can't be getting ejected. Yeah. Uh, so that the whether the foul is a foul or not, or it it, it just is inconsequential. It's just not the conversation we're it having. Just, yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Should they have called a foul? Yeah, they should have. Should there have been a foul on Rudy Gobert? No, probably not. But when you shove the guy to the floor and then turn around and yell at the official, you're gonna get a technical foul, man. Yeah. Like you, you just can't do that. So, I don't know how you fix it because it you know it, we know already that Rudy is rather empowered in that jazz locker room. So who's going to walk up to Rudy Gobert and say, hey, bro, we got to we gotta handle this? Because you and I both know it's not going to be Donovan Mitchell. You and I both know it's probably not going to be Mike Conley because Mike is very understated. Mm-hmm. I don't know, does, the, the, the rumors we've heard all year about how Quinn Snyder has no accountability down to the veterans, I think that's where this comes into play. Right. So – here we are, instead of talking about how Quinn played, you know, every guy on the bench essentially, and that the rotation got deeper last night, because I do think that's a huge talking point in this game. I think, uh, you know, we're sitting here talking about Rudy Gobert getting ejected again after an, inter- you know, bad interaction with officials. And I, I just think it is. Well, and imagine being in the locker room. I mean, don't isn't it fair to say that, that there would be some burnout on this? Like, wouldn't you, if you were Rudy's teammate, wouldn't you be like, man, I understand that that's a frustrating call, and I understand you were frustrated. I, I, don't, I don't blame you for being frustrated, but getting ejected over it, like, it just seems yeah, it, it just seems below you. Like, it seems like that was just not, you know, like, what, what, like, we shouldn't be spending our time on that. You know, yeah, commit the foul, get teed up, all right, we all do that, but move on. Like, move on to the next set or the next, you know, play after the break or whatever. Like, that's what I think... Rudy doesn't understand. And, and again, you know, it's funny the way this kind of went down, being that it was his first game back. It's like, oh, Rudy came back. Well, did he have a monster night against a team that essentially doesn't have a big? Not really. He came back and got ejected. Yeah. And that's the frustrating part. We shouldn't be talking about this. I want to say that's his ninth and tenth technical fouls of the year, um, which puts him in the Luka Doncic territory. Yeah. You know, I mean, and that's that's my point is that you you can't you've got to be known for something other than your relationship with the officials. I mean, if you look at the numbers in the NBA, guys with the most technical fouls, Carmelo Anthony uh, and Russell Westbrook are tied with Luka Doncic for the lead at twelve. Yeah, Carl Anthony Towns, Trey Young, Joel Embiid all have eleven. Devin Booker's got ten. Um, and then you have Montrez Harold, Julius Randall, Chris Paul, and Josh Hart, along with a, a myriad of other guys at eight. And now Rudy is up there at 10, tied with Devin Booker. And it, it just, it makes you realize that that's how much of a problem this is becoming. <clears throat> yeah. I yeah. mean, that's a lot of technical and I, and I think, you know, again, my, my, where my mind went with this whole thing was just, okay, what happens when this happens in a game of consequence? What happens when it is, you know, <clears throat> you're, you're down five or you're up five, you're in kind of a tight game, you know, you're in a playoff series. Yeah. Does Rudy all of a sudden just not argue and be the same guy? Well, no, we've seen it in the postseason. I think you make a great point. I mean, the guy walks up to the line of ejection almost on a nightly basis. He I does. Mean, it's, he it, does. It is not, this is obviously not new, but I think, you know, when I look at when I look at the rest of the team, and it's something else we've talked about. I look at the rest of the team, 
and you've got this group of, of, of bench players that really is working hard. They're working their ass off on when they do get their minutes. And and Rudy getting ejected opened the door for more minutes for those guys. Yes. So, hey, maybe maybe that's the positive in this whole thing. But, man, I just can't stand when this guy just loses his stuff over uh, a nothing burger and gets ejected and, you know, turns into this whole thing it doesn't need to be. Yeah, and I, I thought when, when we talk about depth and we talk about who played last night, I think the Azabuki-Whiteside conversation is a very interesting one. I, I think, as as we talked about yesterday on the show, it's not surprising to see uh, Hassan Whiteside be the number two center now. I mean, yeah. I think we all, with Rudy coming back, I think it's not a surprise. But you look at some of the numbers last night. Hassan plays 18 minutes. Uh, Doak plays eight minutes, 10 points. Um, I mean, this is a tiny tiny ESPN, uh, ESPN auto ad this is a tiny Houston Rockets team I mean you yeah. you look at I mean Christian Wood's a good center but you know it, he's a guy that is 6'9 214 pounds like you're not, not a, a yeah you're not a big physical guy um so you know it, to me this was that this was that game but you know it's actually nice to see most of the starters play under 30 minutes Don played 32 yeah um, by the way, good to see Don shoot well from three, seven of eight from the free throw line. You know, like he had a really good night, seven dimes, six boards, like a really good night for Donovan Mitchell. Like you feel like this team is starting to, through this winning streak, this homestand, I think they were 6-0 on the homestand. You feel like this team is starting to build confidence. And that's something I think that, that's been lacking for this team. It's nice to see them kind of have that swagger back. And it'll be interesting for me anyway. You know, I'm really looking forward to seeing them against the Lakers um, tomorrow. I guess that's tomorrow night here in L.A. I'm really looking forward to seeing the the Jazz and the Lakers go head-to-head. Mm -hmm. I think that's a really interesting matchup. Um, I'll be curious to see how the Jazz handle, uh, handle the Laker matchup. I'll be curious to see if Anthony Davis plays the five in that game. Yeah. Uh, because you'll remember one of the experiments we've seen is the Lakers playing – um, you know, AD at the five and LeBron at the four quite a bit, uh, but here, no, there, but it's nice to see guys like Daniel house play 17 minutes. Yep. Um, now Daniel didn't particularly, you know, contribute at a high level, you know, eight points, you know, two boards and an assist, but it's nice to see him back in the fold. Um, it's nice to see Jordan Clarkson three of five from three. It's nice to see Jordan, you know, getting to the basket shooting with a little more thought behind those shots, not just hawking up wild threes. I think that's incredibly yeah. important. So that was good to see. I just want to see this kind of deep rotation all throughout March. Once you get into April and you're going forward, you're going to trim that to eight, nine guys, right? You're going to play three, four guys off the bench. Don't forget Rudy Gay's not playing right now right? Uh, because he's injured. But my point is, that you have a you have the ability now with the guys that you have on the bench, you have the ability to play more guys. So play more guys. Mm -hmm. Why wouldn't you? I mean, I, I think it benefits everybody, and especially against bad teams. Why wouldn't you? And, and that's why I think we saw it last night. You know, I mean, obviously, like you were just running down, most guys got a, a decent amount of minutes for their role on the team, and and I think that that that's important. And I and I think yes. you know, obviously, and we're gonna have this conversation a ton over the summer once the season's over and everything, but. You know, this conversation around developmental minutes, I, I really am not looking forward to the idea that in the summer we're going to talk about Jared Butler not having gotten enough minutes this year to justify development and saying that you actually gave him a chance, you know. 
before Elijah Hughes was traded, you know, hey, was Elijah Hughes getting enough minutes? You know, so I think the developmental side of this organization is very interesting to me. Like, like a lot of us have talked about, well, will Quinn be here next year? And what are they going to do? Well, if Quinn's not here, the next guy they bring in, I really hope prioritizes development. If Quinn is here, I hope there's an adjustment made. I hope there's an actual yeah. strategy to to play these guys. Like, again, we always talk about the Warriors and Wiseman and Kaminga and, you know, before them, Steph and Clay and Draymond and developing all those guys. That that process, I think, has a lot of value to it. There's a lot of opportunity to it. So hopefully, hopefully they do it. And I look at some of the guys that they're playing. I really want to see, you know, again, Jordan Clarkson's an interesting example. I want to see better shot selection. I look at Trent Forrest. I want to see less turnovers. I want to see more Trent Forrest in the paint. You know what I mean? Like, hey, break, uh, you know, break a guy down, get into the paint, and either get to the cup or pass. Like, yeah. he's not a gifted three-point shooter at this point in his career. But guys like Jordan Clarkson are frustrating. Trent Forrest can be frustrating. I want to see that refined development. I actually think the guy, and I know I've been kind of hard on him, but has, hasn't Doak shown you that he's got more skill than we had been seeing? And I think he's getting more comfortable at the NBA level simply out of sheer – reps minutes. like he's playing more minutes. minutes let the guy make mistakes let him yeah. learn from those mistakes absolutely then, you know i mean doke is somebody who is who obviously is notorious for being a very plodding big like you know being not quite being that big physical body but being able to play you know as a like you know the way he plays is physical you know he does like to bump with guys like like i think you have to give him minutes and and just allow him to be in the flow of an nba game but again that requires you to have a willingness to maybe lose a game you typically wouldn't lose, and you're making that sacrifice to develop the guys. Yes. So, I don't know, man. Like, I think, you know, like last night, it, there's a reason all those guys played. Obviously, the Rockets are terrible. You know, it's a great opportunity to, to play guys like Doak a few extra minutes. But, again, the biggest thing here, and it all comes back to what, what the expectation from the front office is for this team. And yeah. right now – if I'm this front office, I'm saying, okay, yes, do your best the rest of the way, but we're not going to expect you to win a championship. But you know what? This the, year. the the other part of that though is that I think you're. I want to make sure we don't just write this season off to meaningless, right? Because I think if you can stay in in a in a the top four spots in the West, mm -hmm. you have a chance to win a series. I'm not telling you that this Jazz team is going to go deep into the playoffs. They're not. But what I'm telling you is, hey, listen, get what you can out of this because any playoff minutes for a guy like Doak, Trent Forrest, any minutes, Jared Butler, I still want more out of Jared Butler. Mm -hmm. I want to see more out of Jared Butler, right? Because yeah. I think they're, one of the weakest p points on this club is, is point guard depth, but we've also seen them use Don and Clarkson and – a rotation of guys, you know, like Nikhil Alexander Walker will be interesting to see. He was kind of, he was on the ball for a brief stint last night. So it'll be interesting to see like, what is Quinn going to do to push him up and get him more minutes? I don't know what the answer to that is, but I do know you can't just write this season off. Yeah. You know, so I think there's, there's a, there's a lot in that. Let's get your comments um, in here on uh, Rudy Gobert. Uh, Dane says, uh, I'll have to get my first one when I, when I get back, blah, ha, ha. when y'all get back, we will, yeah. we need to see you there for sure. Eric and Raleigh says fire, go bear into the sun. 
Jeremy Bolton says, well, 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 hello there. Hello there. Hi. Hello there. <laughs> um, Eric in Raleigh also says, Rudy isn't a leader, but he thinks he is. And I think that's an interesting question. Whose team is this? Well, it's 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 Donovan's team, but the problem is is that Rudy, like Eric was just saying, Rudy thinks that he's the best player on the team and that he's a leader on the team. And, and this is kind of the problem. Mm-hmm. It's not just – everybody thinks, okay, well, if this guy puts up numbers, that makes him a leader. It's not just the not at numbers. All. It's how those numbers impact the game. So – Donovan Mitchell's 30 points, let's say, are going to impact the game completely differently than Rudy's 25, right? And and the reason I say that is, be, and, and this is a point that you came up with a year ago at this point, it seems like, for Rudy to have 25, the Jazz got to shoot like 20% from three. They got to they gotta miss it, a lot of shots. They got to yeah. miss a ton of shots, and then he those are all putbacks. Donovan's 30 is outside of those threes. Like, you know, he may make a couple threes as part of that, but the majority of his points are going to come in the mid-range and at the elbow and, and operating in that area. So that's why I say the impact and the leadership in the locker room isn't just production. It's how your points affect the game and, and what you do I would agree to lead with that. your team. And, and yeah. I just think that Rudy is a big – as a big in the league, you have to be able to knock down shots to be a leader on your team. You don't have to be Joel Embiid-level offensive player, right? He's special. He's a once-in-a-generation talent. But what I am saying is that for you to be a leader on your team as a seven-footer, it's not good enough just to rebound and play defense. You have to be a part of the offense on an individual basis, and that's what I think you know he doesn't quite understand. I would agree with that. Um, let's see. James Knight says the topic should be how poor and inconsistent the officials are and how there are rules for some and rules for others. But well, that's I, the culture I, in the NBA, guy. Like, like – you, you don't want there to be double standards, but the fact is it doesn't matter what any of us want. It's yes. how the league is officiated. That's right. LeBron James, Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, DeMar DeRozan, any guy of that level, Giannis, is going to get more calls than other players in the league. And the problem is what you don't understand, and this has been well documented. This is not my opinion. This is what the NBA officials have said about LeBron. The reason LeBron doesn't get teed up constantly and is still able to talk to the officials like literally every play is because he does it in a respectful way. He doesn't just come and, and tell them to call that shit, bro, as Rudy did last night. Well, you can't – the thing that you can't do, and this is in all sports, whether it's yeah. an umpire on balls and strikes or in the NFL, you can't wave your arms and yell and scream and you and need to calmly up. walk up. And if you want to wave your hands and – great. What, I, what what Rudy can't do is the frustration foul where, you know, the guy is clearly holding his arm and then Rudy, the, the whistle doesn't come. So Rudy throws him to the ground. They blow the whistle on Rudy. He loses his mind. He winds up getting a technical like and now it's at the point where the guy who gets the call calmly has a conversation with the official doesn't show him up. Rudy tried that and couldn't contain himself and got ejected. Yeah. It's at the point where Rudy can't even have a conversation with an official mm -hmm. without getting heated. Like, you just got to be better than that. It's not a matter of star treatment or not, or it's a respect factor. Yeah. Guys that get respect get it because they give respect. And Rudy does not act 
respectfully to the official is what I would say. Force G says, I knew as soon as that happened, the ejection was going to be the headline of the show today. Well, you can say you can. I say mean, that. I think it's a huge storyline. What do you, you want to help? Help me. Help me. Don't say that and then not provide an alternative. If you if what would you rather us talk about? Because because frankly, that's the storyline of this game. That's the poster child of this game, and that's the problem. And what and what Jazz fans don't want to admit, which is, hey, Rudy Gobert is a bit immature with his relationship with the officials, and so it completely derails the game for the Jazz. Now, granted, it was in the fourth quarter. I get that, but at the same time, we we should be talking about Quinn in the rotation. We should be talking about Doak versus Hassan, and who actually is the backup center. We should be talking about that Don looks great and that this team is is what it seems like they are kind of primed to go on a 15 of 20 run right here. You know, they're playing good basketball. That's what we should be talking yeah, and, about. And I think I think it's a storyline going forward. Yeah, that's what I would say. Uh, Eric says officiating is terrible in all sports. Players just have to shut up about it. The Jazz should find him uh, the game check for every ejection. I think you just have to understand that that's how the game is called. You can either try and buck the system or you can you can adjust and learn to play within that. Yeah. That's what that's what you have to do. Uh, Frank H. said, y'all remember when Rudy got tossed for knocking over the water bottle? I do. Yeah. If the guy put on muscle and stayed calm, he'd literally be like, Wilt, composure is a huge part. I, I agree with that. Uh, Jeremy says, the Jazz have been a completely different team since Don came back like completely 180 from what we saw in January. They have been. They haven't. And it's because Donovan, you can see, Donovan is committed to driving up his assist numbers and getting his his teammates involved. He cannot play selfish basketball and have this team thrive. Yeah. And I think you're seeing that. And I think that's a huge, huge turning point in his career. The evolution of Donovan Mitchell is going to happen – one way or the other. And you want it to happen where he embraces his teammates and he grows into that leadership position and he becomes an all-around player, a triple-double guy. Mm -hmm. That's what you'd ideally like to see because then he can carry you. But when all you do is shoot and drive on your own and turn the ball over and injure yourself in the playoffs and you can't be a leader that way. So I think that's a very, very important growth point for Donovan Mitchell is getting his teammates involved. Bob Scott says, weirdly, the Lakers, though, uh, a bad team scare me as much as the Suns or Warriors. For whatever reason, I don't feel like the Jazz play well against the Lakers. Maybe it's a matchup thing. Oh, it is a matchup thing because the Lakers like to get out and run. They like to play fast, um, and they they like to penetrate and kick, and those are things that the, the Jazz struggle with. The Jazz don't want to play fast basketball. Right. They do not. Um, they do not want to defend outside in uh, or inside out, excuse me, because they tend to collapse and they are not athletic enough to get out and and still contest a shot against an NBA three-point shooter. Mm-hmm. So it's a it's a real conundrum for the, the Jazz as they are currently built. Um, let's see. Sorry about that. Comment dump. Um, Jack McCormick says, I like both Trent and Butler. Forrest G says, you guys constantly badger that Donnie boy needs to step up and be a leader. He does. He does. Yeah, he does. There's no doubt that is one of the – if Donovan Mitchell is going to be a jazz man for the next 10 years, it's because he will turn into a leader. Yeah. Because if he doesn't, this locker room will fall apart and fall away from each other, and he will not be here. Period. I mean, it it is – for at his level of skill, 
he should be a superstar and he's not. And the, the thing that's missing is the universal respect in the locker room. And that comes with the ability to integrate all of your teammates. It's what I always say about Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan didn't win whining and complaining that Fat Lever wasn't on the Bulls. <laughs> yeah. Who Lafayette Lever was one of Michael Jordan's best friends. He wanted him on the team. The Bulls didn't sign him. And so Michael Jordan had a decision to make. And Michael Jordan's decision was, I am going to finally trust my teammates in Scottie Pippen and John Paxson and Craig Hodges and Bobby Hansen and Steve Kerr. And yep. that's how they eventually began to win a championship. And they turned into a lockdown defensive team with the best player who's ever played and a strong supporting cast who came through when he gave them the ball. Mm -hmm. And it only changed because Michael started distributing. And I've said this before. This is not like sensationalism. Yeah. I see Donovan Mitchell on the same arc as Michael Jordan. He is, he is now this young superstar who very clearly is the best player on his team. Very clearly. But he doesn't yet know how to unify a basketball team. Yes. Don does not know how to do that. The organization is catering to him. The organization brings in a guy like Eric Paschal. The organization is building to Don's skill set. Now Don has to meet that challenge and take the next step. Yes. And that is leadership and growth. And when he does that, start printing your, your season tickets. Start printing your playoff tickets. Start getting your championship banners ready. Because when Donovan Mitchell takes that next step into leadership, he will be arguably the best player in the NBA. Well, I and, think he has that kind of ceiling. And I think you're seeing small tidbits of that around. You know, it's not going to happen overnight. But, like, you know, one thing that I think he's gotten a lot better at is moving the ball. Like, last night, there's a highlight of the no-look pass to Rudy under the basket. You know, yes. we hadn't seen him distributing to Rudy really at all um prior to like the last you know I really I guess last night but you know I mean I'm sure he's done it but like it had been a thing where Don would not give him the ball and and I think before Rudy had come back you know we had seen Don start to to kick the ball out and they were able to swing and start to get some higher percentage looks from three so look I just think that yeah Don has work to do in the leadership department that's no secret I'm on that train too um, but yeah, once that happens and once that process takes place, uh, the, the team will definitely be, uh, way better. No doubt. Yeah. And I, I think there's a lot to that very point right there. I think when you look at his relationship with Rudy Gobert, whether Rudy's here or not, doesn't matter. Yeah. While Rudy's here, Don has to embrace him and figure out the best use for him. When they're on the floor together, it's not up to Rudy Gobert to bring Donovan Mitchell in. Mm -hmm. It is up to Donovan Mitchell and I'm actually watching that highlight um, of that pass. And, and it's the exact play that Rudy Gobert is built to make. It's Donovan with a head fake at the top of the key, and then you throw the ball to Rudy for a dunk. Yeah, That's what Rudy Gobert's highest best use is. It's, it's not throwing the ball in the post. It's throw Rudy the ball high up in the air yeah. where he can catch it and he can dunk it. Well, and I think if you're Donovan Mitchell, too, you know, part of this whole thing, like if we go back to, you know, the rumors about, oh, well, this market isn't isn't big enough for Don and he wants to be a Nick, which we're totally based. I just don't but, buy that. But the, well, the point I'm getting at here is that if you're Donovan Mitchell and your biggest concern is winning championships, which is everything that we've heard from sourcing and, and everything we've heard is, hey, I want to win championships. I don't want to be. I don't want to waste my career essentially on losing teams. That's what Donovan has said to the organization. If you're Donovan Mitchell, mentally, your priority should be okay. No matter what I think of Rudy, 
right? No matter what my opinion is of him as a person, Rudy Gobert, the basketball player, is an asset to me while he's on my team. And I, as the leader of the team, have to use that asset to its highest ability. And that's where I think Don needs to go mentally. Absolutely. It can't be... It can't be, oh, well, you know, I don't like Rudy for this, or, you know, he bitches at the officials too much, so I don't like him for that. Like, it just has to be, okay, if Rudy's on the floor, this is the kind of ball I'm playing, and I'm going to put him in positions to win. If he's not on the floor, I'm going to put whoever it is at the five in positions to win. That's what it has to be. Neville93 says, good morning, guys. What's up, Neville? K. Nuren says, Rudy's an idiot for what he does. Okay. Bob Scott says, can we let Rudy touching the microphones die? We haven't well, even I mean, talked I, about that I, today. I, I think that's years old now. Yeah. Uh, you guys lying about being vaxxed. Lou Williams going out the bubble to strip joints. What are you talking about, bro? What does that mean? What do you mean? Like, what do you mean? We're lying about being vaxxed. I don't know what that means. Yeah. Like, I really don't about? know what that means. I'm triple vaxxed. Yeah, so yeah, I'm not sure. Happy to show you my card. Uh, Eric and Rowley says you need a new audio cable, Monty. What? Oh, man. Are we having audio problems? Are we back to the once a show losing audio thing? I don't know. It doesn't look like it. Uh, Kay Nuren says, yes, Don needs to keep passing the ball. Um, comment dump. Uh, while your boy Books got 10 T's, looks like he's a problem with the officials, right? Well, yeah, I would say if you're yeah. a superstar and you've got if – you, if you're consistently getting technical fouls, the difference is there's there, – you have to know how to play when you have one technical. And what you can't do is get teed up twice in like five seconds. Yeah. So I think there's a difference between, you know, it, it's all in how you get the technical too. I mean, that like, you know, I, I don't, I can, I, you know, I can think of one technical that I've saw Devin Booker get, but I mean, he gets a ton of calls too. Devin Booker gets a ton of calls. Yeah. Um, I just think officiating sucks across sports. Athletes have gotten bigger, faster, and stronger, and it's a much more difficult game to call. Mm -hmm. It's why you've added three officials and you've added replay. And I mean, it's a really difficult game to officiate. So if this is the holding call in the Super Bowl, you know how hard it is to see every holding call in the NFL? I mean, and on the other side of that, you could call holding on every single play. So I just think we talk way too much about officials. I, I really do. Um, you know, I, I just, it, it is what it is. There is nothing between Mitchell and Gobert. It's nonsense. I totally disagree with that. Yeah. We have heard, we have heard for going on a season and a half that Donovan and Rudy don't, it's not that they hate each other. They just don't, they don't really associate. They don't have a relationship or a friendship. They have basketball. That's it. They practice together. They play together. That's it. And that's the extent of it. They're not going out to dinner together. They're not hanging out together. They're not that it, it just is what it is. And I'll say again, you don't have to like each other to win. You don't, you have to have chemistry to win. Yeah. And what this team lacks right now is chemistry and universal respect for their teammates. Yeah. That's what's lacking in this locker room. Yeah. Frankly. So 100% I think it matters. Um, Funky Orion says, uh Oh, what? Okay. If we're having audio problems, I don't know about it. So I apologize if we're having issues with audio. I, 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 it, everybody's the or, funky Orion is saying audio is choppy slightly. Our apologies if that's happening. Uh, David Morris says if Don is a problem with Gobert still after the COVID deal, then Don will always be a cancer. See, I agree with that. I think at some point, if this, 
I don't think the Donovan Rudy microphone COVID thing is a is a deal. I really don't. News. I and, and you know what? I think Donovan Mitchell is much like everybody else. Rudy Gobert is not the reason the NBA shut down from COVID. He's not. And you can try and spin this that he. That's not what happened. Yeah. COVID shut everybody down. Yeah. You were going to get it. It it was just the way it was. The coronavirus. Like I just don't think it's an issue. Yeah. I I, I really don't. The moment Don realized that he doesn't have to always be the biggest player and he can sometimes be stocked into Gobert as his mini Malone on those easy points instead of going hero ball. Totally agree with yeah, that. Yeah, I, th- I think that I do agree. So we have to find the middle a little bit because I feel like we have some people in the comments who are like, oh, well, Don's a, you know, an, an a-hole and very prideful and, you know, he's, you know, kind of a big-headed guy. But we also have the people who are like, Gobert needs to be better. We got to find the middle on both of these guys. Yes. Uh, Donovan needs to distribute more and use Rudy more Absolutely. because there are opportunities. Rudy has to stop dicking around with the officials and I'm stay sorry, in the did game. you say dicking yes, around? Yes, I did. Yes. <coughs> yes, I did. I did. The, wow. guy, the guy needs to grow up. That's that. They both need to grow up, honestly. Okay. They both need to grow up. I don't disagree with that at all. By the way, can we can we talk about now that we're 40 minutes into the show? Yeah. Uh, Mr. E says, I can hear you fine. Tanner Plummer says, side note, the audio is fine. We talk too much about officials. I totally agree, Tanner says. When are we going to accept the fact that bad missed calls are part of the game? You're oh. casual. Totally agree. Brandon Whiteside says, the Don versus Rudy drama is just thirsty lane media and big markets trying to stir it's the not. pot. It's not. I think they're – listen, I – the. I will just say what we've what we've been told, and and frankly, I've talked to a lot of people about this Donovan Gobert thing. It's not a problem, but they just are not close. They're not friends. They're teammates. They're not friends. They're not gonna. You're never. I, my guess is you're not gonna run out, run into them on the street, holding hands and skipping through puddles like. Go that's just not who they are right mm-hmm. yeah I, that's just not who. and i'm fine with that you don't need again you don't need to be best Listen, friends the to angel win saying is you, you don't have to like each other but damn if you have to play together right like you don't have to like each other but when you're on the floor you better play well together it it it, it, it is business dude this is not this is not you know aau basketball with your buddies dude this is the nba this is like what these guys do it is their full-time job these guys don't have to like each other but they do have to play well together yeah it it just i just think being an official in the nba is really difficult yeah uh nba mvp yeah okay so i think this is a popularity contest Mm mm-hmm the NBA puts out the Kia MVA MVP ladder. Drive a Kia Forte today. Yeah. Thing on the internet every week. You are fake. Yeah, it is fake. Because they've got, they've got, and listen, yes, I'm a Bulls fan. Grew up, yes, in Chicago, whatever. DeMar DeRozan cannot be 10th on the Kia MBA Forte buy a snap together plastic car. Because it's garbage. 10th on the Kia MBA ladder. The MVP tracker. They call it the Kia MV, MBA MVP ladder. Yeah. He's 10th. Three-fourths of this is inaccurate. DeMar DeRozan's 10th? Screw you. How? 10th? How? He's behind. How? Devin Booker and CP3 are ahead of DeMar DeRozan. Stop disrespecting me, bro. Like, what are we doing? 
Yeah, I, I don't quite understand it. I, and the other thing is, the other thing about the snap-together Kia cars, Yeah. with all due respect to me, drive a Kia. Right. Um, if you drive a Kia and that hurt your feelings, Kias are great cars. I'm um, sorry if you're offended by that. Yeah, you know. This uh, is fucking America. Yeah, Hello. My guy. Drive an Audi. Yeah. Duh. Duh. Um, Idiots. Number one is Nikola Jokic. Hello. Hello. Hi. Hello. Number one is Nikola Jokic. <laughs> I just burped up my dinner last <laughs> night. Number one is Nikola Jokic. Number two is Giannis anti your mama. Uh, how? First of all, how is Joel Embiid not number one? I think there's no doubt about it. In my mind, if I had to vote, I'd be voting for for Joel Embiid. Yeah, it's ridiculous. He's not number one. Yeah, we're really focused on Philadelphia right now. You are, Coach. How is Joel Embiid not the MVP? Number two, look, Dad bod. You know, Jokic, good player, but is he really the most valuable player in the NBA right now? The most val and by the way, yeah, most valuable player should be most valuable player to his team. Right. Right? So, in my opinion, that's DeMar DeRozan. Right. Where would the Bulls be without DeMar DeRozan? I don't know either. I have no idea. From a guy that everybody said was the worst offseason signing to what I think is an, a, a legit MVP candidate, it's a joke that he's not even in the top five. Yeah, it's wild. He's 10th, and I, I, I'm, I'm stunned by it. Yeah. I, I, am, I am just stunned by it. I look at the, the, like the basketballreference.com tracker, has Jokic one, anti-your-daddy's cousin two, Joel three, Chris Paul four, Rudy Gobert five, Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert. Five. S- Stephen Curry, six. Luca's mom, seventh. John Morant, eighth. Demar, ninth. Devin Booker, tenth. Dude, what? What? John Morant is eighth? And John Morant's behind Demar. Or he's ahead of Demar. Ahead of Demar. He's one ahead of Demar. But yeah. with all due respect, Chris Paul is fourth. On no. the MB- MVP, I mean, list they are right the best now. team in the league right now, but I don't think that Chris Paul is. Yeah, I don't know. I don't like that at all. I, I don't, don't like understand. That. I, I, don't I like you know, like, um, when I'm never. trying to see, you never. Yeah. No. I mean, Demar Derozan is he's played all 54 games. He is playing 35 and a half minutes a night. And the guy is scoring 28 points a game, and he's got a two point, uh, 2% chance of winning the NBA MVP. Yeah, and you're right. It's because it's a popularity contest, and, you know. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it's, I, it is it, it is absolutely inflammatory, and I am <laughs> I, 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 I'm offended on the highest <laughs> morality levels of assholeness right. that he's 10th. And then even at basketball reference, he's ninth. I didn't sleep for the past two nights because of this. I was that upset. Okay, I feel better. I personally would like an apology. I feel better. Do you? Um, Lester Lig- Lig- Legizima. Uh, okay. Says, uh, and please stop the Joe Ingles e- emos. We didn't trade Kobe Bryant for us to be crying over that trade. The Joe Ingles <laughs> emos. Bro, some folks were hurt oh, by that, okay? That's awesome. 
That is, is that guy, Lester. That's amazing. The emos. That's that's amazing. He says that's the problem with jazz fans. Is this basketball or The Walking Dead? Damn. <laughs> You're a casual. Damn. He's going in. Oh. Ooh. That's amazing. Um. Right now there is none. Apologies. Referring to the audio a while ago, there was a few seconds. Tyler says, "Yep, sounds pretty accurate to me." Imagine being upset with Demar Derozan. You know what? I, and maybe it's just my man month. I have no idea. By Your the way, man month. By the way, my birthday's coming up this weekend, and yeah, nobody, that's cool. nobody in this audience right now, not one of you cheap fucks, has sent me a gift. <laughs> and as you can see, I'm going through some shit right now. Wow. Wow. Okay, I feel better. Wow. I feel so you better. You better check yourself. Uh, Tanner says, I had a companion on my mission who I didn't get along with, but we both decided to put our feud aside and just do the work of the Lord. He okay. actually didn't. So that's how it's going to be. He didn't say that. He said, and just do the work. We ended up having a lot of success. Rudy and Don need to do the same. Rudy, um, hey, it's Donovan. Um, hey, I, guys. I want to. Uh, hey, guys. Can I talk with you about our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? Oh. Um, maybe, maybe not. Maybe fuck yourself. Well, Rudy, that's awfully inflammatory to say those things to me here. Who on, does that? On BYU Radio. Uh. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'll stop. I'll stop. Can you imagine? Can you imagine Donovan Mitchell giving his testimony to Rudy Gobert and being like, you know, Rudy, I see a lot of anger inside of you. Mr. Fucking Vaccination <laughs> Genius Scientific <laughs> Expert, you fucking asshole. And while I think you're just largely a very tall, unvaccinated human for what you did to this league in Oklahoma City, I want you to know I've forgiven you. Are you vaxxed, Rudy? <laughs> like I What's up, motherfuckers? Yeah, I can't even imagine. <laughs> what, it, what, the, what would that be like? My God. Can you, can you imagine that? Midlife crisis, John Jackson says, did you call us cheap fucks? <laughs> if I had a nickel for every time I've heard that. Um, <laughs> ah, um. Exactly. Exactly right. <laughs> Eric Tavera says, CP3 is fourth. Wow. NBA, you drunk. Hell, he should be uh, rookie of the year for crying out loud. No. You have to be nice to stupid yeah, people. Yeah, we all know Ben Simmons is the rookie of the year again. Yeah. Okay, just. Buddy. Just relax. Yeah. See, that's a Donovan. Right, that's a Don, in, you know, and stuff. Right, uh -huh. right. <clears throat> and whatnot. By right. the way, did you guys see that James Harden is not going to play for a significant amount of time for the season? He's a bum. He yeah, is a bum. Screw him. I agree with that. Screw him. I totally agree with that. Okay, we're an hour into the show now. Woo! Okay, yeah, all right. Yep, yep. So now we must move into lifestyle topics. Yes. Um, how much did you spend on Valentine's Day? Zero. You sake. You legit didn't spend a dollar. Not a dollar. Nope. Well, how much did you pay for this shirt that we're about to tell people about? Hold the shirt up. Hold the shirt up. Please hold the shirt up. Thank you. No, the front of the shirt. My bad. Sorry, guys. Sorry, guys. There's the shirt. You're a casual. The new shirt is out. All you have to do is DM me 25 bucks um, or DM me. We'll send you our Venmo. The shirt is $25. We ship them out every Saturday. Um, that shirt's amazing. It is your casual. Although we we won't be shipping until the first week of March, until we get back. Yeah, just because, to be well, clear, because the, we don't have the rest of the Salt Lake City, but you know, uh, you know, popularity contest ruins sports. Same reason everyone gets mad when Mike Trout wins the MVP on the crappy Angels. It is what it is. It is what it be. 
I mean, it's he's not wrong, dude. But it's the most important to your team, Jeff Johnson says. I agree with that. Yeah, Mike Trout. Mike Trout's good, but you know. Tanner Sorry, Plummer folks, says what it is. The, the shirt looks good. Yes, it does. Thank you. What's the smallest size you have, Giggity says? Small. I have small. small. And they're they're quite petite. They're quite petite. Jeremy Bolton says, hells yeah. Do you guys ship to Istanbul? Yes. Well, sure. Uh, James Knight said, Jane, uh, Jake got himself new Jordan jumper for Valentine's Day. What do you mean? Yeah, you didn't spend a single dollar. Okay, let's talk about it. Not we had a hoe. mature conversation. First of all, she's not a hoe. Second of all, we had wow, a mature conversation as a couple. We had, we had a mature conversation as a couple. So you guys talked about Valentine's Day as a couple. Yes, we did. And what did she say? And she was like, I, you know, she was like, I don't feel like we, we need to do the whole Valentine's Day, you know, gift giving and all that. I feel like we're in a great spot. You know, she was, she was like, you know, we're, we're good. You know, you don't have to. But is like, Valentine's Day a day where you try to save your relationship? Not like, like saving your it? relationship, but I think, so I think for some dudes out there, they don't, you know, they, they like giving your partner and taking care of your partner and making her feel good consistently makes Valentine's Day less important. Could we agree on that? Like yeah, I would you, agree, I would you, agree you, with like that. Like if you take care of your person and you make them your feel person. good and you know you're you're doing your job, Valentine's Day becomes less of a thing. Ooh, Goran Dragic, Goran Dragic agrees to a contract bout with the Spurs free agent. A slew of teams now pursuing Here's what's going to happen, Tonto. I'm not interested in Goran Dragic. No, I'm good. Him and his knee brace can sit at home. Anyway. Um, I Okay, so what me and Mrs. Monty did is we went to uh, we went out to dinner. We Our romantic evening for Valentine's Day was spent at a brand new um, Whole Paycheck, Whole Foods. <laughs> Hi. There's a beautiful brand new Whole Foods in Long Beach we had never been to, so we actually went and bought almond milk, which wow, is probably a is, scam in itself. That is incredibly but romantic. we went to, I can't remember the name of the rib company we went to. We went to a rib company in Long Beach mm-hmm. on 2nd Street. Did you have ribs? Uh, I did, and they yeah. were very good. Okay. Uh, Naples Rib Company. Okay. Uh, we went to Naples Rib Company on 2nd Street in Long Beach and was actually really good. They took a picture of it. They walk around and they give you free pictures of yourself honey. as a couple. Honey. Um, but it was nice just to have a quiet night and we shared that together. And mm-hmm. that's what I'm talking about. Like, I think you have to, and I don't know, this is going to be, Hey, old man, get off my lawn, get off my lawn. Prick. Casual stupid millennials. Um, I think I'm at a point in my relationship where I feel like I want to take every opportunity I can to celebrate my wife. I want it in our relationship. We've been married over 20 years. Like. We have a great relationship. We've been through so much together. Like, I think you have to celebrate your your relationship every chance you get because they're so hard to 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 maintain. Are we clear on that? Yeah, like being married is really difficult. It right. is challenging mentally, spiritually. Like being a husband and being a wife is is two of the most difficult jobs on earth. Uh-huh. And so I think when you have a day like Valentine's Day, and frankly, and I think you can attest to this. Mm. I do something for my wife on a pretty regular basis. Like I will bring her flowers. I will. Yeah. I, I will like draw her little pictures. On our, real. our refrigerator has a little chalkboard app that you can draw pictures on like little stuff like that. I think you have to do those yes, little things, Yes. you know? And Hey, if, if, if Valentine's day is one of those things, great. You yeah. know, I, I, 
I did not buy her a gift. I did not send her flowers. Obviously, we're not at, we're we're traveling right now, um, you know. But we we had a nice conversation over dinner, mm-hmm. you know. And I I think you have to celebrate your relationship when you get the opportunity to do so. Yeah. And if that's what Valentine's Day is, hey, I say all the more all the yeah, more you should. I don't think it's bad to do Valentine's Day. My point just is is like, you know, like kind of what you were saying. Like if you have if you're if you're doing nice things for your partner all the time, you know, like if you're doing nice like just little things in the day to day, then I just feel like Valentine's Day sort of just becomes less of a thing. <laughs> you know, it's less of a thing. It just is. Gabe Ledley, you're amazing. Gabe. He says, Jake, bro. Yeah, what's up? You have so much to learn. Quote unquote, we aren't doing gifts is a trap. Congratulations. You played yourself. It's quite simple, so I don't know why motherfuckers be overcomplicating. <laughs> Gabe, bro. <sighs> but uh, to be I've fair, I spent bread on this girl. To okay? be fair, well, you do buy her lift tickets, which is crazy. Lift tickets. I pay in advance for the airfare to Maui that we're going on. Like she, and here's the thing. This is the other thing you gotta understand. So, so she is very cognizant of that. She's like, hey, like, I'm sorry. Did you say cognizant? Cognizant of that. So, okay. like, she is very much of the mind that, like, hey. I really appreciate that you were able to do that for me because I wouldn't have been able to do it and that wouldn't allow me to go on the trip with you later this year. You know, she's like, she has said like, hey, I, I appreciate it. You know, like that was really <laughs> nice of you. Like, so so for Valentine's Day, it just wasn't, it, it wasn't a thing where I was like being cheap or anything. We just had a conversation about it and we just agreed like, hey, like she's coming to California next week. Like this is going to be a great time next week. We just didn't feel like we had to go out and do some big thing. Fat Jesus says we don't need to do Valentine's Day uh, is code for I'm breaking up with you in the next few weeks. So save your Yeah, I know what time it is. <laughs> it's not true, bro. Tyler P says my girlfriend and I watch TikTok for four hours on Valentine's Day. Hey. Quality time. Uh, Justin Solace, what's up? Good to see you, bud. He says we celebrate our marriage every week when we go out on our weekly date. Absolutely. See? And that's what I mean. Love if you, that. If you have that, Valentine's Day really just isn't a thing. It's just another Monday. And I and I'm really not trying to hate on it. I like, but I think for for guys like that, when you have that standing once a week thing with your wife, where you go out and have a nice night together, and you're a couple again, like I just don't think Valentine's Day holds as much water as it used to. I guess. Giggity said, uh, "Did you say cognizant or cox in it?" I believe he said <coughs> cox in it. I could be wrong. Uh, Jeff Johnson says, "My wife and I took pictures outside yesterday." Oh, good That's lord! Fun. I and I hated every minute of it. That's love. Amen, brother. Hey, making choices, you know? I hate taking pictures. I'm fat. Uh, uh, Justin Saw says, you paid for the flights to Maui? Yep. Yes, he did. Yep. That's called... Uh, that's called... That's called calculated risk, friends. Let me make that baby on the islands is what they call. You know what I'm Quentin Moyer says, me and my girlfriend watched the movie Marry Me while I shared a box of chocolates. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. Love that. I'm not as much a fan of chocolate anymore. I This is terrible. So... I there is nothing better than a good Snickers bar in my opinion. I don't often eat candy, almost never. So I figured out on the roadie out here to LA, I'm much more of a Swedish fish fan than I am a chocolate fan. But have are you now past the Swedish fish mixed with like Reese's species? Probably not. Yeah, I mean that's a the undefeated mixture. I mean I I like I figured out that I like sweet and salt. I don't. Chocolate to me, like I w- I ate some salted caramel the other day. Eh. I need to know if this is a thing. During the Super Bowl, you were eating a bowl of fruit with Lay's chips. Oh, it's so in. good. 
Well, and I'm you were like, you, this is, I have never seen anybody do that before. Undefeated. Does anybody else on the show do this? I'm telling if you eat chopped fruit on chips, you'll never go back. Like a bowl of it. Like the chips are croutons in your fruit salad. Well, the, the, my, my family chopped it up and like almost minced it like into real small pieces. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you get like a pineapple ring is where I started this. Right. If you get a pineapple ring and you put that on a potato chip and eat it. Oh. I'm for real. I mean, there's only I can only lead you to Fat Town. Yeah. You know, I can't make you eat. I'm right. telling you right now, pineapple on potato chips is amazing. Fat. But it works. Blueberries, strawberries, you name it, man. It's really good. There you it's go. It's really good. There you go. James Knight says, how many times have you guys gone uh, back to Jack in the Box? Well, Jake, fat ass, what do you want to say about that? I ordered that? breakfast yesterday. <clears throat> we had Jack on the way out, and I'm definitely eating Jack. A couple more times before I so, leave, bro. I was all prepared to have my oats with fruit. Yeah, well. And this guy's like, nope, getting Jack. Well, when in Rome, like, am I supposed to not eat Jack? And then I get crucified okay. over having Jack in the box, bro. It's like, dude, come on. Guy. We're in California. That doesn't mean that you can just eat whatever you want whenever yes, you want. Yes, it does. No, it doesn't. Yes, it does. <clears throat> yeah, I've been immunized. Yeah, that okay. means I can eat whatever I want. Okay, Kay Nuren says, I give my wife all of my money. Exactly. Noah Snyder says, try apple... Apples and slatin vinegar chips, yes. Uh, Quentin Moyer says, I'm not a big fan of chocolate either, but you can't go wrong with a box of Russell Stover's. Oh, yeah, I'd be all right with that. Never heard of chips and fruit, but know people who put salt on fruit. That's the same thing. How many? Um, no, well, I guess we did go to Chipotle. We did go to we Chipotle. Did, on Sunday, we, did. we went to. I, I'm See, notice, no, notice nobody complains about Chipotle. No, because it's actually. Jack in the Box and everyone loses their mind. Yeah, because you're. It, it, Jack in the Box, listen, I, they ain't nobody that loves Jack in the Box more than me. Yeah. It's terrible for you. Well, that's. By life, the way, bro. that's life. By the way, that's life. Last story today, and it's a doozy. Mm-hmm. Headline Headline America. Headline. U.S. Americans less likely to have sex. Partner up and get married. U.S. Americans. <laughs> Chris Carnes has been married 20 years. We've never done V-Day gifts. Thank you, Chris. See, Chris got my back today. Thank I guarantee you. you Chris, though, is on the regular a good husband. I guarantee it. Yeah. Yep. I've seen your garage and your wife. We met Chris's wife when we dropped off the smoker. Right. He won the Traeger smoker. Yeah. Your wife is lovely. Yeah. yeah. Like she's got. And by the way, you, but you guys are ballers. Karn, you have a beautiful home. You have Facts. this long, steep driveway that I'm sure people slip down all the time. Facts. I mean, <laughs> like you, you, I, my guess is Chris, you strike me as a guy who gets marriage. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're not married that long and you don't get it right. Uh, if you don't give gifts on Valentine's, it will eventually extend to anniversaries and birthdays. True story says Dwayne Boone. Uh, I don't know that I agree with that, but okay. Yeah. Valentine's day is a day of love, a special day on which we're supposed to make sure that those around us know how much we care. <laughs> but on this day when Cupid, Cupid is supposed to strike Cupid. with his arrow, shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. Cupid. Um, there are several reasons to think love isn't what it once was. Oh. Okay. 26% of Americans age 18 and up didn't have sex once in the past 12 months. Ooh, bro. 26% of Americans 18 plus didn't have sex in the last 12 months. Yes, Americans. According to a 2021 general so- social survey. Wow. The two years uh, with the next highest percentage of adults saying that they didn't procreate. 
Not even once in the past year was 2016 and 2018. So yeah, it's I guess not, I'll have to figure something out. It's not pandemic related. Dude. The last two times the survey was conducted, before 2004, the highest percentage of Americans who didn't have sex in the past year was 19%. U.S. Americans. Wow, that's incredible. Americans who had sex once a month or less topped 50%. In 1989, 35% of American adults had sex once a month or less. Bro. Why? We're going in the wrong direction. Uh, among married couples under the age of 60, 26% had sex once a month or less in 2021. Come on, man. In 1989, Dude. that was 12%. The 80s were really better for sex. Yeah, sounds like it. Wow, that's crazy. 62% of Americans aged 25 to 54 lived with a partner or were married, according to a 2021 Pew Research uh, study. Uh-huh. Um, 53% of, uh, who were married and 9% who were only cohabitating. This is well below the 71% of couples who lived together in the nineties and the 67% who were married. Damn. So why are marriage numbers plummeting? Sex numbers are plummeting. Cohabitating numbers are plummeting. The IRS. What? Get the Number fuck. one, what the is, IRS. What has sex and money ever had to do because, with each because other? Because, what did we just hear? People aren't living together nearly as much, right? Here we go. People aren't getting married. I wonder why that okay, is. Okay, well, getting married and owning a home is better for taxes than being single and renting. Well, I don't know that it's better for your emotional health. And then you got to pay the taxes on top of it, and I don't think Dude. people want to do that, bro. Dude. Don't think people want to be doing that. I, I, sorry, man. I, I am a full believer that here's, and this is the thing while we're talking about Valentine's Day, right, right. not to get all philosophically inclined and stuff. Don't you know who I am? But I think people just undervalue the importance of feeling and, and giving love. I think, and what did I always used to say to you when you, when you were single every day that you're not waking up next to somebody is like a one less day is one day you can't you and you can't get that day back yeah. every day that you don't say to somebody hey i love you Honey. and you genuinely feel that emotion yeah every day that you don't kiss somebody good morning or good night mm -hmm. i'm telling you man yeah i don't you're not wrong about that i just think that i i, I don't know i don't know what i think i i think that it's it's you know you guys go out to dinner last night and i'm talking with you know the aunt and you know we're sitting here making shrimp tacos talking about you know how i met my girlfriend and everything and yeah you start to talk about the fact that you know i had to go on like eight or nine dates just to meet one yeah that was quality and you hated the dating process yeah as, it was miserable. as everybody who watches the show well knows yeah i mean it was terrible so you know maybe that's part of it i i, I don't know man i just think it's i guess we're in different times tyler p says man kids really don't know shit nowadays do they no they don't Millennials are ruining sex too. I don't know that it's just millennials. Yeah. I, honestly, I think, I just think we value other humans far less than we used to. At dinner last night, one of the things we were talking about is if you could live in any decade, what decade would you would you live in? That's tough. I don't know. And I, I think we romanticize the '80s and the '70s, but man, you can't tell me life was more difficult in the in the '80s and '90s. Yeah. I don't know though. I mean, you got to make the life that you can while you can, right? We're facing more challenges now in this world, whether it's inflation, pop, the political culture, um, certainly the pandemic. Like, I just think there's a lot of challenges to overcome. Yeah. And I still don't think that that, that means that you shouldn't be pounding box and putting, you, you know, you're like, let's go, man. Cohabitate. <laughs> make, get married. Like, live it. 
thrive in this world. And I'm not saying marriage is for everybody. It certainly is not. There are some dudes, I know one, one, a guy I know very well. I think he's 52. Usually has two or three girls he's dating and always has. That's ever, it, Skippy. Ever since I've known the guy, right? But I just think that for most people, I, I just have a hard time believing you're better off alone in this world. Yeah, I mean, yeah. You know? I think it's, uh, yeah. I, I'd be curious to see what numbers are like overseas, like in Europe or, you know, and on the Pacific Rim or, you know, I'd be curious to see culturally how much of this is about our country, you know. The survey asked um, Americans age 25 to 54 if in the past year they had had a partner. 30% of respondents indicated they that they did not have a steady partner over the last year. In 1986, it was 20%. In fact, the percentage of 25 to 54-year-olds who said that they didn't have a steady partner never topped 23%. You got to fuck one, marry one, kill one. Never. Go topped 23 percent prior to the 2010s it's been 25 percent or above for the last 10 years so and it's rough i mean that is rough dude that like that is you that know i mean again i was one of those people i was alone for a year yeah Dwayne. Dwayne boone is exactly right we didn't have cell phones in the 70s and 80s there's a story in that yeah we didn't I have agree. the internet I agree. we didn't have tiktok and instagram and twitter we didn't have the internet youtube and we didn't have that you're right you're 100 percent correct and and i do think oh well chris chris karn says today is my wife's birthday she's good to skip v-day as long as i go big today well, well thanks for prefacing that there you go um imagine kids now trying to live the way we did in the 90s tyler p says yeah good luck yeah good luck dude i mean it's not possible do you do anything other than pick on jake's love life not usually no no not no, usually no. i mean he's an assassin by the way this happens to be the most uncomfortable chair i've ever sat in yeah um yeah i think so i don't know i think guys talk about this stuff Oh, without a doubt. Right. I yeah. mean, I think yeah. I think Jake and I talk about women. We talk about sports. We talk about sex. We talk about money. Just so you can go to Pound Town. I mean, we talk about this stuff all the time. We're together. You guys have to understand. We have a very unique father-son relationship in that we're together almost all the time. Yeah. So when we're not together, we I think we tend to like enjoy that time. But that's so rare anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, like I I mean, it's just it's it's what. It's what guys do. I think we have a very bro-mance type thing. Right. You know, like you yeah. idolize me, and I get that. Yeah, you're you're you know. a god. We get it, yeah. In 40 years, it'll be a bunch of old people and robots working, probably. Yeah, not good. Um, in the 80s, a guy working at a grocery store could have a house and a family in the suburbs, and now you got to make six figures. You do. A lot better quality of life. I agree with that, Jeff. I think... One of the things you're looking at is buying a house now. And we just had this invest. Somebody was asking about the investment property earlier. No, we did not close on the investment property. It fell apart uh, because <laughs> there's a lawsuit and, you know, it's the condo was not lendable is what it comes down to. Um, it just it, it's shocking to me that that's what we have. You know, like it, it's really surprising to me. Yeah. That that's where we're at in society. Where are we at in society today? Yeah, I mean, you're not wrong, dog. You are not wrong. Where are we at in society today? Yeah. By the way. Yeah. What are we going to eat today? I'm going to I'm have Screw you. I'm having oats for breakfast. Yeah, I'll have a nice, healthy breakfast so that Mrs. Monty doesn't kill me. Yeah, the butthole needs it, man. Yeah, we get it. The butthole needs it. You know. Right? Butthole. Yeah, yeah, we, 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 we need that. Yeah. We need it. Mm -hmm. So, but 
I think Saturday we're going to um, Lowry's. Lowry's. Me and Mrs. Monty have a date night Saturday. We're going to Lowry's. Mm-hmm. And then next weekend we celebrate where there's a group of us that have birthdays. Mm-hmm. We're going to Morton's. Mm-hmm. So we're going to eat well. Yeah. We're going to eat well. Monty, how old were you when you met? Uh, we, I was 28 when I met Mrs. Monty. Well. So, you know, like. History and repeats itself, apparently. It does. It, 28 is a great year. Yeah. I'm apparently. telling you, life hack is have have your first kid when you're very young and be done with like one kid and out. I advocate for it heavily. I know you do. I'm a I'm a huge believer that. in it. And I know it. I know here in Utah that we are big uh, we are big family people and I'm down with that. It's just not my life. That's not who I am. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. All right. So there you go. Yeah, play the music. We gotta go we gotta go yelp a Tory up and stuff. Uh, make sure that you DM us if you want a shirt. Uh, the new Euro Casual shirt is out, $25. We take Venmo. Um, there it is right there. Awesome shirt, small through, uh, I think, 3X. Um, so hook it up. Venmo, uh, send us your details. Hit me on DMs. Make sure you subscribe to this channel right here uh, because we're giving away a PlayStation 5. We are all the way up to almost 3,200 at this point. Let's go. Awesome job. Appreciate your support. Thank you for listening to the audio podcast. Find the Monty Show wherever you find your podcasts. Until tomorrow, say goodbye, Jake. Goodbye, Jake.